What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I'm going to reveal and discuss my top 10 running backs as and also with tiers because I know you guys like the tiers and I actually find them very helpful as well. And um, yeah, so talking about the 2021 draft, of course, let's get straight into it. So I'm going to start off with my down at tier five, which is my final tier of the top 10. And I'm going to tell you my guys that are in tier five. It's going to be number 10 and number nine on my list of 10. Number 10, Khalil Herbert. And number nine, Chuba Hubbard, running back from Oklahoma State. And then Khalil Herbert, I believe, is Virginia Tech, if I recall correctly. So, look, you've got two good players, okay? I'm not crazy about them. I don't think that I'm, you know, I don't think I'm as high on them as some. I think that, uh, you know, just at least earlier in this draft season, I heard a lot of uh, chatter about Khalil Herbert as being a guy that people really were high on. And, you know, it's funny. I looked at the, I was looking over some stats the other day, and his statistics against ranked opponents are very good. And there's some key areas and areas that I look for that usually translate that he was amongst the top in. So I'll give him that. But from the film that I watched, I, I like him. I don't love him, right? I think he's, I wrote things down when I watched him, like, has enough agility, I guess. Like I was just, when I was looking at back over my notes, and that's oftentimes how I'm going to rank these guys. I'm going to read over my notes and say, where was I when I was watching them, you know? And, you know, I was impressed. I just wasn't blown away by anything. So for me, he's a guy that could be a solid rotational player, kind of a, what we saw from Zach Moss as a rookie. I think that's kind of what he can be. And that's a good solid role in the NFL, worthy of a third round pick or so. I think I have a late three, early four on him, but that's what I have on him. And that's also what I think about Chuba Hubbard. But Hubbard, although in the same tier as Herbert, I have a little bit higher. I think that just mainly because there are just certain things about his game I like more. Like I just think he's a little bit better at almost everything than Khalil Herbert is. So for me, I've got Hubbard, but I will say, Looking over those statistics against ranked opponents, things like that, Herbert was clearly better than Hubbard. So, you know, I I do most of my grading based on my, you know, film analysis of them. I don't really um, change it based on the statistics. I like when the statistics match up with the film, but um, I'm not going to change it unless there's something drastic that's like, whoa, you know, what's that about? Let me go back and watch again. But I didn't think it was anything of that nature for these guys. And, um, yeah, I think also you have to know that um, Chuba Hubbard also had a really good 2019 season. So if I was to get into statistics, um, going back to 2019 would really work in Hubbard's favor. So, anyways, bigger body of work, I guess. I just just like him a little bit more. So, Tier 4 for me, which is my 7th and 8th ranked running backs. These two guys I really like. And, um, you know... I'm not sure how people feel about the first guy on my list, which is my number seven running back, Ramondre Stevenson. I have a late second to early third round grade on him. I don't expect him to go in the second round, but just from where I view him in terms of like the kind of talent he has and the kind of player I think he'll be, I really had a good time watching his film. I think that he's going to be a much better professional football player than he was in college because in college it, it seemed like he was in a heavy rotation and he just didn't have a ton of production, right? But I think that for me, I like him a lot more than his uh, college coaching staff probably did. I think that for a big guy, he has some real nimbleness to him and I think that he's really going to be a better pro 
than he was a college player. My number eighth runner is um, Kenneth Gainwell from, I believe he's from Tulsa, I think. But um, anyways, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry guys, I don't have my notes with him, but I, um, look, I like Gainwell. I do. He's, he's, he's explosive, but he's not, he's not fast, right? He's just, he's an explosive in the short areas a little bit. He's, very instinctive. He can see it quickly. So what he lacks in superior athletic or elite level athleticism, he makes up for with just that in uh, instinct and just that um, intangible ability to kind of know where to go, feel the holes open, things like that. So he he doesn't need it to be a huge hole. He will get there. And um, you know, the only thing I care about deep speed for is that Maybe I can't expect a bunch of huge runs from him, but I can expect some good, solid 10, 15, maybe a couple 20 yarders every now and then from him as well at the next level. But I think both of those guys will be solid, um, you know, guys that are be will be in um, in the conversation for starting caliber running backs. So I think at the next level, whether it be as a rookie or most likely in year two, three, four, I think somewhere in there is when they'll kind of take over and become guys that are getting double digit touches every game. So I think that's those guys have the capability to do for Ramondre Stevenson. I had a late two early three on him and then Kenneth Gainwell. I just have an early third round grade on him. All right. Tier three is of three different running backs, four, five, and six ranked on my board here. Um, so let me start off with number six, Demetric Felton. Now, I will say, I'm not sure if I told if I told you guys this when I revealed my wide receiver rankings, but Demetric Felton is a guy that some project him as a wide receiver, similar to how it was with um, Antonio Gibson last year. And it's not necessarily that I'm fully projecting him as a running back as much as it's he was a wide receiver and then he changed to running back in college, played running back most recently. And also, from what I understand, I believe he played mostly running back at the senior bowl. So and I'm going to call him a running back with the full understanding that he might be a wide receiver at the next level, or, you know, maybe just a, one of those guys that can do a little bit of everything. But in any case, for me, if he, if he is a wide receiver for me, he's my wide receiver seven. If he's a running back, which is what I have him graded as he's my running back six. So I like him a lot. Second round grade on this young man. I do not expect him to go in the second round. I mean, maybe I do, but the point is, from the from the hype I've heard, the very little hype I've heard around him, I don't necessarily expect him to go highly in this draft. But what I do expect is when he gets to whatever team he goes to, wh- however he gets there, whenever he gets there, he is going to find his way onto the football field and good things are going to follow. He's an electric player, one of, quote unquote, my guys of this draft cycle. I really enjoyed his tape, really liked the kid. Um, and I think he's going to be a really good player. Number five for me also in tier three is Trey Sermon, Ohio State running back Trey Sermon. So, um, again, a guy I have a second-round grade on, top five running back in this class, so I'm not low on him. You know, I I have a second-round grade on him. I think he's a starter very soon, probably the back half, similar to J.K. Dobbins last year, back half of his rookie season. I think he'll take over the starting role or – something close to that, right? Or we'll see it where he'll be, a, you know, 55% of a rotation. And um, I think that he's a really good player. Reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Very silky smooth, maybe not the most dynamic looking player with the ball in his hands, but he just makes guys miss. He's able to pick up extra yards. 
and occasionally he's able to outrun angles and pursuit and things like that. So I like him a lot. I think he's a dynamic player, but I think more than anything, he's very reliable. He can catch like he's a legit pass catcher at the running back position to, to come out of the draft and be that much of a legitimate pass catcher for me is a big deal, especially at his size. He's a bigger back, close to 220 pounds, I believe. So big, strong, um, very good contact balance, very smart runner. You know, we've seen him in two systems now at, at Oklahoma and then Ohio State. And um, last season against ranked opponents, I believe he had, I think it was like 8.4 yards a carry. So that tells you right there he had no problem against the better defenses of, of college football. And I like him a lot, man. Like I said, a top five running back in this class for me, legitimate, legitimate second round talent for me. Number four guy on my list is a guy named Michael Carter. There are two UNC football players, running backs on my top 10 running backs list. And they're actually two in my top four, I should say, because Michael Carter is my fourth ranked running back, a second round grade I have on this kid. He led college football in, in runs of 20 plus yards. He led college football in, or I believe it was fourth in runs of 10 plus yards. He led college football in average yards per carry against ranked opponents with like averaging like 9.4 yards a carry. Trey Sermon was, I believe, second in that regard amongst qualifying running backs. So look, Michael Carter is, and people were, were killing him on Twitter today because he only ran like a 4.58 or 4.55. It's like, dude, who cares? Like at the running back position, do you guys realize the elite level running backs in the NFL. Pick your one. The most runs of 40 plus yards they're going to have are between four and six in any season. Between four and six runs of 40 plus yards in any season. These guys are going to run the ball 300 times in a season, guys. Long speed does not matter at the running back position. What matters is explosiveness, ex uh, short area quickness, you know, burst, things like that. Like the ability to create yards on your own, the ability to, um, you know, to, to outrun a, a quick angle to get to the edge, right? Like to the little things that matter. Can you get great running backs are able to find five and a half to six yards on a consistent basis. That's what they do. They're not guys that, that, you know, break a 50 yard run every game, you know, and even if they do, they're getting 30 carries to do it. You know what I mean? So it's not like they're doing it on a regular basis or anything like that. So Anyways, I like Michael Carter a lot. I think he is a if he if he was a little bit t a couple inches taller, I feel like even I would be higher on him than I am. And I just I I worry that I'm not high enough on him. And I cannot stress enough that I do not give a damn about his 40-yard dash. I do not care. Like you look at a guy like my running back one a couple years ago was David Montgomery. The consensus running back run that won that year was Josh Jacobs, who was a 4'6 guy. David Montgomery was a 4'6'2 guy, I believe. Devin Singletary, who was my running back three that year, was a 4'6'6 guy. Excuse me. Like, those guys are quality NFL starters right now. At worst, you know, like they're they're solid starters. They're not they're not great players, but they're good, solid players. The lack of speed has not shown up at all. You know why? Because they have agility, they have they have a burst, things like that. They have enough to get by. You know, from the, from that stamp, from the most important crucial aspect standpoint. Like Devin Singletary um, is able to get low and able to kind of create and get kind of 
loss around his big offensive lineman. David Montgomery last year had like an 80-yard touchdown run. The guy runs 4.62, or what, what did I say, 4.66, 4.62. He's a 4.6 runner, right? But he still ran for 80-yard touchdown because when you know where to go and you're an instinctive runner like he is, a smart, run, a smart runner, that's how you get those quick chunk plays and you're able to manufacture consistent forward progress, right? You're, you're able to consistently move the ball forward. So that's what Michael Carter can do. That's why I have him as my running back four. Number three, and then these these are in tier two. So my tier two around my on my top 10 running backs here, I've got my numbers, my second and third ranked running back are my tier two. That means my number one running back is going to be in his own tier. Okay, and I thought that was just because there was a clear, not necessarily gigantic difference, but there was a clear difference in terms of like the the talent level that I saw in my number one as opposed to my two and three. So anyways, my number two ranked running back is Javante Williams from UNC. My number three ranked running back is Travis Etienne from Clemson. Okay, so Javante is more of a slasher, powerful, you know, bruiser, uh, get forward, can make you miss, can run around you, can run over you, et cetera, et cetera, can do it all, you know, and he can catch the ball a little bit. Travis Etienne is more of a Alvin Kamara, um, you know, he, he can catch the ball well, of course, but what I mean is just in running styles, very similar to Alvin Kamara, very um, finesse yet powerful in a wiry built way. It's, it's hard to explain, but... It's a, he's a he's a unique uniquely built dude and he works hard you can tell because apparently he couldn't catch at all and now he's a very he's catching the hell out of the football last couple of years so he's a guy that just to me has championship pedigree you know and I think that's going to get him drafted in the first round I re, I really do I think that he's going to go in the first round I think he's a solid smart professional runner already as a college player he's a professional runner Travis Etienne Javante Williams is a dynamic explosive runner and again another guy that's getting killed for his 40 yard dash time which is again hilarious to me but um I'm not a you know I'm not sure repeat the same things I said about Michael Carter I'm not worried about his 40 yard dash time at all he's a solid first rounder for me late first early second round grade that's what I have him and Travis Etienne is late one early twos my round grade on Michael Carter is a second rounder if I don't know if I said that or not and then for my tier one guy that's me Najee Harris and to me I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's a gigantic difference between Najee Harris and Javante Williams and Travis Etienne like I'm not going to I'm not going to say there's a huge difference right but what I will say is that there's a clear difference you know meaning I have Najee Harris is a guy that is a top 12 to top 15 player. That's that's where I'd take him. He is a day one starter, you know, and it would not shock me if he goes much higher than people think. It wouldn't shock me if Najee Harris was a top 10 pick. It really wouldn't, you know, and I, I know the analytics community is going to gonna go crazy about that or whatever, but I get that. But the analytics community also has to understand that three players, in all likelihood, there will be at least three players in the top 10 that bust. You want to talk analytics? Let's talk analytics. You know, let's take a let's take a guy at, like the Raiders did a couple years ago, Cleveland Farrell, with positional value in mind, right? You want the position, the defensive end position, yada 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 yada. Well, guess what? He hasn't panned out so far. I'm not saying his I'm not saying his career's over. I happen to believe in him. I liked him a lot coming out. But the point I'm making is this: you can talk about positional value all you want, but at the end of the day, you have to take the best player available because. Like I said, you don't want to be one. You don't want to be one of the thirty percent of teams that draft the bust in the top ten. 
So it's either you draft, sometimes it's either you draft a bust or you draft the guy that you know you're going to return value on from that selection. Najee Harris, to me, is the complete and total package as a runner. He can, he, I mean, as a running back, he can run, he can catch the football, he can make you miss, he has enough burst, enough speed, enough of all that stuff to create his own yards when he needs to. He's big, powerful. Again, he can really catch the football. He can, uh, his pass protection is okay. You know, he is an every down back. And again, a guy that you can, and this this is for any position. If you have a guy that's going to be a good starter from day one, that's a top 15 pick, guys. That's a top 15 pick, in my opinion. Now, top 10 pick would have to be good starter that can also be, top five to top 10 in his position. You know, I think Najee Harris is close enough to that that I would understand why if an NFL team has him that high, I would understand it. So that's why I say it wouldn't shock me if he was a top 10 overall, if he was a top 10 overall pick. But um, from where I'm sitting, anywhere from 12 to 15, I'd be happy to draft him if I'm drafting. And uh, again, day one impact starter is Najee Harris, Alabama's running back. So anyways, guys, that's all I got for you in this one. I appreciate you for listening and I will talk to you in the next pod probably tomorrow. Hopefully there'll be two. See ya.